1: Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
2: The title of the message today is, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. There is a great yearning inside every human being to know God. From the very beginning, we were made to know God, and there is something in us that wants to know our Creator. It is not enough to know that God is up there or out there somewhere. We want to, we want to know that God has come down to where we are, that He knows where we live, that He knows our name, that He cares about us that he walked this lonesome valley the same way we do and we want to know that we are not alone in the universe all of the prophets spoke of this universal yearning in the human heart Joel spoke of it so did Malachi Hosea, Jeremiah Daniel and Zechariah. But no one spoke more eloquently than the prophet Isaiah. 700 years before the birth of Christ, during the reign of King Ahaz, Isaiah predicted the birth of one who would be coming to dwell with men. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, this prediction is absolutely stunning. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. From that title comes one of our most beloved Christmas Carols which we just sang. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Now run the clock forward 700 years, and you come to the moment when Joseph, having discovered that Mary is pregnant, and suspecting the worst, decides to give her a private divorce To spare her from public shame. The angel of the Lord came to him in a dream and assured and reassured him that the baby inside her womb was not the product of fornication, but had been conceived by the Holy Spirit. The angel instructs Joseph to call the baby Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Then the angel quotes Isaiah 7 verse 14 with its prophecy of the virgin birth and the name Emmanuel which Matthew tells us means God with us. You'll find this in Matthew chapter 1 22 and 23 where it says all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now the promise of a Savior goes even further back to the book of Genesis. When God told um, Adam and Eve, that one of their offspring would someday strike the heel of the servant, of the serpent Satan. And God told Satan in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel." From the very beginning, God's people have looked forward with eager anticipation to the coming of the promised Messiah, the Deliverer or the Savior. Yet the world had to wait thousands of years for Christ to be born. Generation after generation was was born, lived, and died, hoping that they would be the ones to see the arrival of the Messiah. But none of them did until the day when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And I want us to remember a couple of things about God. From God's perspective, there is no delay. There is no wait. Nothing hinders him from acting whenever and however he pleases. Nothing holds him back. He doesn't get behind, he acts at exactly the right time because he is sovereign. And so when God seems to delay in answering our prayers, in coming to our assistance, or in fulfilling his promises, it isn't because he is unwilling or unable to help us. It is simply because the time isn't right. And God, in his wisdom, is the one who knows best when the time is right for each of us to receive the blessing that he wants to give us. As our ancestors used to say, he may not come when we want him, but he's always on time. The other thing to remember is that God is always active, that he is continually working to carry out his plans and his purposes. And so if God isn't acting in your life as quickly as you would like, it's not because he's on vacation or he's taking a break. He's always at work, even if you can't sense it or see any evidences of it. God is active in your life right now to accomplish his purposes in ways that you don't understand. What seems like waiting to you is just God acting in ways you don't perceive. But even if we understand and believe that believe these things that I've mentioned, waiting still is very difficult for us as human beings. You see, it is it as hard to be patient and trust in God's timing when you're in a situation that is painful or stressful or confusing or threatening and you can't see your way through? It is hard to be patient when your financial situation isn't improving and you're struggling to pay the bills. It is hard to be patient and trust in God's timing when you're stuck in a job you hate year after year. When you are dealing with a medical uh, problem that has no foreseeable end, you can fill in the blank for all of the, all of the times that you have difficulty waiting but remember that God's God's promise through Isaiah took 700 years to be fulfilled God kept his promise for he is a promise keeping God nothing is too difficult for him to do for his children though your mind cannot conceive of certain things happening in your life Though your present circumstances may seem hopeless, God is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine. I want to focus the rest of this sermon on the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. Of all the names of Christ, perhaps no one is more significant than Emmanuel because it gives us his ultimate Identity. He is God come down from heaven in the form of a tiny baby. Theologians call this the incarnation, a term that means to take on human flesh to be born as a human being. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. That tiny, helpless baby. Is a God who created the universe. And what a stupendous and mind-blowing miracle that is. God with us teaches us something about who Jesus really is. You see, God with us speaks to us about a son. A son. The first word... God identifies the baby born in Bethlehem as the divine Son of God who came from heaven to earth. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse uh, 16 says, Without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ appeared in the flesh and was shown to be righteous by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and was announced to the nations. He was believed on in the world and was staying up into heaven. You see, Jesus Christ is more than a mere man. He was truly human, but his ultimate identity goes far beyond humanity. He was God come down to us in human form. It's the story of the life of Jesus begins with a miracle. And unless you accept that miracle, you can never understand him. Our Lord's life, character, and ministry cannot be explained by purely natural means. See, for humanity and divinity, to exist unmixed in one person defies human reason. This is why we speak of the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as belonging to the category of miracle. But let me hasten to mention that God is still in the miracle-working business today. You see, a miracle takes place every time a sinner is born again spiritually. Every time a sinner is moved from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God's dear son. That's a miracle. The church of Jesus Christ is in the miracle working business. We are a community of redeemed persons in whom the supernatural life of God exists. And the message we have been given to proclaim brings about incredible changes in those who receive it. The power of God can pick up the worst sinner Turn him or her around and set his or her feet on solid ground. An old man was reminiscing about his life to a young man. And he said, Son, I'd like to tell you about my life. I was christened soon after I was born and I became a christened sinner. As I grew older, I wandered away from the church and began to engage in the pleasures of the world, and I became a sinful sinner. However, as I began to think about my life, I realized that I should do something about it. I joined the church and became a church sinner. Then, one happy day, my life was completely changed when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and was born again. Then I became a saved sinner. Say, you know, son, a saved sinner is the only kind of a sinner that can find real peace and joy in this world, and the only sinner that God will welcome into his heaven. See, that was one man's testimony of the miracle of the new birth. This very day, multiplied thousands, no millions of men and women, boys and girls across the world, can testify to the miracle which God wrought in their lives when they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. But the second point is that Emmanuel, God with us, speaks to us about a shepherd, a shepherd So the word Emmanuel also reminds us that Jesus is not only God in the flesh he is also the shepherd we need when troubles come our way We need this truth more than more than ever at Christmas time This is a lonely time of year for many people In the midst of the laughter, there is pain and sadness, grief and many reminders of broken relationships. A lot of people feel exhausted and stressed out as the big day approaches. There is enormous pressure to find the money to buy the presents to make our loved ones happy. During this difficult time, of year, we need to remind it that the Lord knows all about our troubles. He knows all the hidden secrets. He knows the inner fears and the unspoken doubts about what tomorrow may bring. He knows the whole truth about you and me, and he loves us anyway. Psalm 23 and verse 1, David says, the Lord is My shepherd, I have everything I need. And then in verse 4, David says, Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You see, a valley is any difficult experience we are going through. And so the question is, what is your valley today? What valley are you going through? Is it the valley of pain? The valley of a loved one suffering? The valley of poor health? The valley of a failed marriage? The valley of children in trouble? The valley of broken promises and failed relationships? The valley of career disappointment? The valley of financial crisis, or the valley of bitterness—whatever valley you may be walking through today, the Lord knows who you are and where you are. You are not lost or forgotten. No deed, no no need to fear, for the Lord Himself is with us, because He is God with us, Emmanuel. God with us in the darkest of dark valleys. Our shepherd walks with us when we need him most. But the third, thirdly, Emmanuel, God with us, speaks to us of a Savior. A Savior. The angel told Joseph to name the baby Jesus. And Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 says... And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And in Luke chapter 2 and verse and verse 11, the angel told the shepherds, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord." And you will never understand who Jesus is until you realize that he came to save us from our sins. This is why he lived, this is why he died, this is why he rose from the grave. And Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He saves all of those who trust in him. If man's greatest need had been education, God would have sent a teacher. If man's greatest need had been money, God would have sent a banker or an economist. If God's greatest need had been advice, God would have sent a counselor. If God's greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But since man's greatest need was forgiveness, God sent a savior. His name is Jesus. He is Christ the Lord, the Son of God who came from heaven to earth in order to save us from our sins. For those who face loneliness during this season of the year, take comfort in this fact. God's answer to loneliness is not a theory or a book to read or a seminar to attend, it is not a better job, more friends, another movie to watch, or another song to sing. God's answer to loneliness is wrapped up in a person, Jesus Christ. He is a friend who sticks closer to us than a brother. He is the only one who will never leave us nor forsake us. Emmanuel is God with us so that we can never, we will never have to be alone again. As David, or the Hebrews chapter 13 and verses 5 and 6 says, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. That is why we can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? You see, no matter where we are, we can count on the presence of God, for he is always with us. Indeed, David knew that when he wrote Psalm 139, and in verses 7 through 10, David says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. You see, God is with us in every circumstance of life. In the hospital room, God is with us, and Ron testified to that this morning. In our place of employment, God is with us. In our homes, when we are asleep or awake, God is with us. As we drive along the busy highways, God is with us. As we fly in the sky to get to our destination, God is with us. As we visit with relatives and friends this Christmas, God is with us. As we walk the streets of this city day or night, God is with us. As we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God will be with us so we don't have to be afraid. There is never a place or circumstance that we can imagine where God will not be with us. Emmanuel, what a name. That name is wisdom's mystery. Sages look at it and wonder. Angels desire to see it. That name is hell's terror. Satan trembles at the sound of it. When the devil gets on your case, just whisper the word, Emmanuel, and he has to leave you alone. Oh, I'm so glad today that I have a personal relationship with the one whose name is Emmanuel. He is my life. I live in him, and he lives in me. He is my Savior. I trust him with my eternal destiny. He is my Lord. I obey him. He is my master. I serve him. He is my teacher, I listen to him. He is my advocate, I rest my case with him. He is my doctor, he heals my body. But he is more than all of these things to me. He is my sin bearer. He is my heart healer. He is my mind regulator. He is my need supplier. He is my dying bed maker. He is my guide across Jordan. He is everything to me. You see, when I'm lonely... He is my comfort. When I'm weary, he is my rest. When I'm sad, he is my joy. When I'm weak, he is my strength. When I'm afraid, he is my assurance. When I'm confused, he is my wisdom. When I'm lost, he is my guide. When I'm in need, he is my help. When I'm wounded, he is my band. When I'm singing, he is my song. When I'm preaching, he is my message. When I'm praying, he is my authority. And when I'm worshiping, he is my Lord and my God. And let us give him praise and thanks. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617- 427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.